Welcome to the Nick and Matt Show. Bringing the player interviews you want to hear and the hot topics you want to discuss. Recording live in studio, here's Nick and Matt. Literally live and in studio for both Nick and Matt. Mm-hmm. Nick, you're uh, not in Virginia right now. We're- nope, not in Virginia. I'm up here in actually warm Massachusetts today. It was actually a pretty good weekend warmth-wise. It was about 55 degrees today, so I went out and played two rounds of disc golf. Finally got to check out the Meadowbrook Orchards course out in Sterling, Mass. And then I had to go out to Buffenville with the boys because... Buffenville is one of my favorite courses to play in Massachusetts, and it uh, was super, super fun. But yeah, 55 degrees today with realistically no wind was an absolute treat in February. Was it muddy over there at Buff? Uh, it was at Meadowbrook at Buff. It wasn't terrible. There were a couple muddy spots, but I mean, that's to be expected with everything kind of melting. But it wasn't, honestly, it wasn't terrible. Yeah, and you said with your boys. Mm-hmm. Name drop? So I went, the first round, I went to Meadowbrook <laughs> with Kyle Moriarty, Sammy Streeter, Cam Rose, and Jeremy Binley. And then second round, I went with Kyle Moriarty, Simon Lazat, Nick, and Steve Economos. And if you don't know who the Economos are, if you watch Simon's Vlogmas this year, Nick and Steve were both on the episode of The Long Distance. Nick was the one actually throwing. Stevie was helping out with the Bushnell Rainfinder. Um... But Nick Economos and Steve, both we were all able to play, which was super awesome. It's very, uh, it's funny because I love playing with them. It's super fun. We have a great time. We're super competitive, but casual at the same time. But I literally played on a card with four people who throw significantly farther than me. And it's just like embarrassing sometimes when I'm sitting there and I'm like, dang. Like with ease, Nick is throwing, you know, a rock where I'm throwing my speed tens. And the way he throws it is pretty nuts. And then Stevie is just accurate with distance. Kyle's one of the best throwers in Massachusetts. And then you got Simon Lazat. And if you've, you know, played hole two at Buffenville before, Buffenville Dam here in Massachusetts, it's this long uphill shot. I mean, it says it plays like 700 feet or something like that. And he put it, I don't think it plays 700, but. Oh, it might, it might play 700. I don't know, but he, he had a, but the holes like, he had like 500? a 70, 70 foot putt for two on it. And I was just disgusted. I threw my undertaker out of bounds, like 400 feet short of his by accident. It's just, you know, kind of embarrassing on my part, but it was fun. It was fun. <laughs> it was a good time. I putted well, so uh, put it all right. So <laughs> what's interesting about recording a live, like every, oh, this is funny. The word live, you record a podcast. And technically, no matter who you are and you record a podcast, you're recording live. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's, mm-hmm. How do you delay record a podcast? Yeah. But so my point is we had a show lined up. And so if you're listening to this post, you might not know, but we had announced prior to the show today, this afternoon, Dylan Cease, uh, MLB pitcher for the Chicago White Sox, was going to be on the show tonight. And that was the full intention and plan. We had confirmation. Mm-hmm. But as things go in life, things came up yeah no right at uh i mean just to kind of go through it quick right at about <laughs> 6 55 what are we doing yeah like five dylan, minutes before yeah the show. literally five minutes before the show just setting up all the skype stuff i got a text from dylan just saying hey man stuff came up can't make it tonight super super sorry and so we're actually we're gonna try to shoot with him next week is kind of our eventual plan but we did have confirmation yeah that, you know we were potentially gonna do it tonight anyway so we Super apologize for that. Yes, but before you all drop out of the live chat, yeah, we've got some things lined up specifically for the live chat tonight where they can actively engage. 
uh, real time with us. Uh, be, it should be pretty, pretty neat. Um, so we're going to get to that, but we just wanted to apologize one for that promotion. It's nobody's fault. Okay. Mm -hmm. But we're excited to have him on a future episode and we'll let you know. Um, he was, he was apologetic of course. And so we will line him up, but tonight's show, I mean, that was a significant, yeah. <laughs> I mean, five minutes before a yeah. show, we have a whole show line out mm -hmm. and that's a big part of it. I mean, realistically 45 minutes. So instead of yeah. the Nick and Matt show being three and a half hours, now it's only two and a <laughs> yeah. half hours. Exactly. So we're not concerned about filling the content, mm -hmm. but it's going to be a little bit different. And we had to kind of scramble. We pushed the live recording back mm -hmm. 30 minutes for those who listen while they work. We're still giving you the background noise. You're going to still hear me cut Nick off every, exactly. every chance I can. Um, but let's get into some casual. There's going to be a chill, mm -hmm. a little different. We are going to talk about LVC. Mm -hmm. uh, picks for LVC. We're going to take phone calls. So anyone that's listening live right now, think up some topics that you think are relevant. Some questions that you have. We're going to open up the phone calls, uh, the phone lines. And um, so think about those right now. We'll get ready to open those up. But Nick. You're how old? 20, 27. 27. So you're the same age as Dylan. I was looking all this up earlier. Dylan I, guess, I guess so. If that's what you're telling me, if that's the truth, then yeah. <laughs> if that's the truth. Yeah. So that's funny you say if that's the truth. Yeah. Uh, because I was asking your age because, I mean, as soon as you turn 18, you are eligible to um, lots of things. But you're eligible to be a juror, your civil duty to be mm -hmm. a juror, jury duty. Have you ever done that? Have I? No. Have you sure. ever gotten called for it? Nope. Okay. Now that I say that, I'm going to get called <laughs> next week, but uh, no, I actually haven't. And what's funny is that, you know, I I think it would be kind of cool in a sense to, I mean, I'd hope that I'd got like a pretty cool case, but I mean, even if it's just like one day, I mean, it's kind of, what do they say? It's your like civil duty or something like yeah. that. I mean, shoot, yeah. call me up whenever and I'm, I'm down to go. I'm going to, I'm going to tell you a little story. Don't about you get that. paid for it? Yeah. So here, first of all, Hannah McBeth's in the chat. Hannah? I'm not putting you on the spot, but if you want to come on the show, <laughs> we, we lost our guest yeah. tonight. You can uh, just text me or Nick and we'll get you right in and you stay as long or as little as you want, but yeah. stat or fiction, maybe come in for stat or fiction or whatever else. Okay. If not, that's fine. Uh, but so here's the deal. I got, I think it was the middle of last summer requested to go into jury duty. And I'd been requested probably three times prior in my life, mm -hmm. but every time I had an excuse and a reason why I could say I couldn't do it. And it was, convenient in some ways I was at college or wherever you know there's just situations mm -hmm. that were there but this summer I was like ah, it's right in the middle of like disc golf season MVP open all I was like I just don't want to do it so they let you reschedule mm -hmm. once <laughs> and I picked February like 15 or 17 or whatever it was mm -hmm. I was like it's the middle of the winter <laughs> like there's no big tournaments and I went and wouldn't you know I'm not going to go through every detail I actually make it on as juror number one in a criminal case. Dang. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty like that whole process is pretty neat. But then I'm like, I feel like an imposter. Like, should I yeah. be the one deciding? So is that, I was going to say, is that when you kind of say like, Hey, you know, Ben Kenny is guilty on yes. all counts of murder <laughs> yeah. and everything like that. You're kind of the guy about to sentence him for a hundred years in prison. That's exactly how it went. Um, I will say the case was eh, moderately boring, but being a first time as a juror, it was mm -hmm. actually kind of interesting where it was, it was a drunk driving case. Okay. Mm -hmm. And you think it's cut and dry, but they actually had like actual witness testimony, both sides, defense, um, included. And 
They had like experts and the judge was really cool. And he said, we were the first juror pool back since COVID started. We were the very first oh, one. Okay. So I'm juror number one. Yeah. And I was the first one. That's pretty sweet. We went to the deliberation room and this whole story had a reason to be talked about, just mm-hmm. not random. In the juror's deliberation room, we're not supposed to talk about the case, like mm-hmm. when we're on breaks. Yeah. It's like, don't talk about the case yep. to each other. Don't look it up. Don't research. So what do we all do? We're all sitting there like twiddling our thumbs. We're like, we don't even know each other. Yeah. So it's like kind of awkward. And then someone's like, so like, what do you do? And I'm like, oh, you know, I do this or that for work. And then mm-hmm. I'm like, I also talk about, you know, a sport called disc golf. And oh, disc golf. <laughs> Next thing you know, because we had nothing else to talk about, everybody in the room was just talking <laughs> disc golf. That's awesome. It was just like in- incredible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, so that's pretty sweet. Yeah, so disc golf came up. That was, uh, it was our yeah. way to fill the silence. No, I, th- I think it would be kind of, I mean, if I ever got called to do it and I didn't have a legitimate reason why, you know, I could skip it. I mean, I don't think I, I, I would like to say right now that I wouldn't complain about it. I've actually wanted to go in the sense of, I thought, yeah. not that I think I'm going to get this <laughs> say multi-murder <laughs> two-week thing or anything. I mean, hopefully it's, you know, a good enough case where the person's not guilty. I Imagine mean, that's, that? I, that's, that's what I would prefer that to be honest. Be but yeah. I mean, like I was watching when the whole Kyle Rittenhouse case was going on. I watched So too. many people yeah. actually like tuned in because you can watch it live on YouTube. Yeah. And I've actually watched a couple of cases after that. So just you to, like that stuff. Just to see, in a sense, yeah. I mean, but it was kind of, you know, you hear the judge would say, you know, all right, I'm going to send you guys a break. Don't talk about the case. Don't look up the case. Yada, yada, yada. Don't it's exactly do that. what it was go like. Back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's kind of like I'd never, I've never been in a courtroom in the sense I've, I've been in there to yeah. witness someone I know <laughs> go through something. Sure. But um, I've never been in there personally in the sense of like anything <laughs> bad was happening to me. But um, I guess I'd kind of. Oh, that's funny. I mean, I don't know. Okay. Hold on real quick while we get off of that story. Again, think of live calls. We're going to open it up in a second. Ben, go ahead and throw yourself up. This is the first time ever, everybody. Ben Kenny, our intern producer. Look at the smile. That is what he looks like. Uh, thumbs up or thumbs down, everyone, if you thought he looked different than what his voice sounded like. But there's Ben. What's up, Ben? Have you ever been on jury duty? Nope. I'm 23. I was eligible five years ago, but I'm not. But my little brother, who's two years younger than me, has been summonsed. So... It's kind of weird. I mean, that's kind of cool. Out. You get summoned for jury, you know? <laughs> right. It's just like a cool word. You know? So Summon we go, me. we go back in and we're like deliberating. And I, I thought that was the best part. I love that. Yeah. They're like, you should have a podcast. You ask a lot of questions. <laughs> I'd see, I'd want to be juror number one and literally just be like, dude, bro, you're guilty. Like, goodbye. You're gone but, for life. But I know we're not talking fully disc golf right now. And I apologize. We're going to get to it. <laughs> but inside of a deliberation room, honestly, I said imposter syndrome. Like it feels weird to me. It's excellent. Like, it's excellent that your peers are the ones that, like, supposedly unbiasedly, that's my point, supposedly, like, we're supposed to be unbiased, and there's a group of us, six or seven of us, we're going to make the decision. Like, I think that's pretty fair. Like, probably the best in the Mm -hmm. world, Mm -hmm. okay? But it still felt weird, because I went in there, and this one girl's like, yeah, I'm pretty sure, like, we all agree this, right? And I'm like, we haven't even talked about it. Like, it's a little weird. You already made your assumption. So, like, Anyways, we're getting off topic. Let's talk disc golf. So that happened, disc golf. Um, and we're building our audience. Go ahead and open up the calls, Ben, if you don't mind. This is open up to anybody that has a question or a topic, maybe specifically related to, preferably, events of this week or LVC, like as mm-hmm. in this past week, events or LVC. Mm-hmm. We're going to take your calls um, and you guys help lead the conversation there. So, 
Did you get a chance? And we don't talk about Jomez a lot, but Jomez had uh, content that they just released. Did mm-hmm. you see that? Corey Wong. If you're not familiar, kind of looked him up. Wolfpack. Yeah, so I briefly watched the video or like a quick snippet that they posted somewhere, and I just saw Simon playing the guitar and, you know, Corey playing the guitar along with him. That was pretty much it. I've actually never heard of him before, but when I looked him up, I mean, verified on Twitter. So obviously, or excuse me, on Instagram. So, you know, has a fan base, yada, yada, yada. And, but I, I don't, I don't know his music. So I didn't get a chance to watch the full video of it. I, I just, it, I had a light bulb kind of go off and we've talked about Jomez versus live production. Here's where I'm seeing Jomez. Like, again, this conversation comes up again. That type of content is so right up Jomez's alley. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to sports coverage, a million percent preference is to literally watch it as it unfolds. I know we've gone back and forth with so many different opinions on this. Some people don't have the time, but here's the deal. In a perfect world, if you had the time, wouldn't you always choose life if you had the time? Oh like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, like I was watching the um the waste management open, the golf tournament that was going on a few weekends ago, and then obviously watching the big game, since we're not allowed to say Super Bowl. Just kidding. <laughs> um, you know, watching the Super Bowl, watching that live, like I wouldn't want to watch something of that caliber. And for me, football is not something that I watch every single week. If I have the time, do I enjoy watching the Patriots? Absolutely. But or like same thing with the NBA. I love watching the Celtics. I mainly tune into them when they're in the playoffs, if they are in the playoffs. But for the most part, if I have the time, and especially for something big, like I want to watch it live. I want to watch, you know, LVC. I'm going to be watching it pretty much live, whether it's religiously sitting there on a TV or while I'm doing something with my phone, at least I'm listening, but kind of like understanding it. But yeah, live for me, live coverage is great. The only reason I kind of watch post round production now is to rewatch past events that have happened and especially yep. events that I love. Yep. If I'm say I'm preparing for a course, I like to rewatch that course and see, okay, this is what I did wrong last year. Hopefully I can mm-hmm. fix it this year. Or if I didn't get to see maybe a player that I wanted to see, then the post round production is great because, you know, sometimes it's four different people. Like last year's feature card at Waco for the Joe Mess card was different than their live card. And so then it's like, oh, I got to watch Paul Eagle, Kale, and someone else play drew gibson maybe play on the feature card but then i got to watch the live coverage but mainly day of i try to watch a live so i agree i i guess the light bulb moment i'm going back to was like this content that jomez produces is so high quality um very enjoyable to watch it was content that like we want and it's not just play by play and in fact I go back to All-Star Weekend, and they had the skills challenge. And I'm like, I want the skill. Like, I've seen Jomez do, like, these fun things, right? Putting games, all that stuff. They have all of that. Mm -hmm. I enjoyed the skills challenge live so much that I was like, it almost made the Jomez version of it to me seem kind of on the more boring side. Mm -hmm. Because it's... They, they, they're doing their best to unravel it and arrive live feeling, but it's not. Mm-hmm. The live was just cool. Nobody knew it was going to happen. You knew you were getting it real time. So like, I'm still on that, that boat, but like what Jomez is doing, I hope they continue to produce 
like just massive disc golf content, like they've been doing, but like yeah. that type of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A Grammy nominated Corey Wong guitarist. The dude was legit. Okay. It was easy to watch. Uh, and he likes disc golf and he tours that way. So that was kind of neat. All right. We've got a live caller lined up in there. Um, we're going to go ahead and let them in here. We, we do not screen our calls at this point, And I probably shouldn't have announced that <laughs> at this point. We don't, but we do have a mute button ready to go and a kill button. So uh, welcome to the show. Welcome to Nick and Matt show. Uh, what do you want to talk about? Hey guys, it's Keelan. I'm from Virginia and I just had a guy had a question for you guys. Uh, I just wanted to see what your predictions were for LBC, uh, who you thought was going to win MPO and who you thought was going to win FBO. Okay. So that is actually, yeah, perfect. Uh, you can stick on or drop off, whichever you prefer. Um, we are going to talk about that. So actually no Keelan. Uh, yeah, he's from the Lynchburg area. So right when he started talking, I was like, I'm pretty sure I know who this is. So what's up, Keelan? Appreciate you calling on in. I see him at local events, pretty decent okay. amount. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's definitely something, I guess, at that point, let's kind of dig right into the Las Vegas Challenge is starting this week, which is pretty nuts. Thursday, Friday, excuse me, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yep. Four-day tournament. Cut after round three. Top, you know, 40-ish percent advance. Um, I'm not going out to it this year. I know a couple people actually did ask that very early on in the chat. I will not be at Vegas this year. I did play it last year, and I think I got like 37th or something like that, which is terrible. I made the cut the final day. I averaged well above my rating throughout the whole thing. A super fun time. I actually loved the Innova Factory Store, which is the course that you play round three. Is actually one of my favorite golf course style disc golf courses that I've played so far. It's got a pretty cool mixture, and I'm not a super fan of golf courses. That's just you're my a own. super fan. No, no that's you're just, a super fan. That's just my own personal preference <laughs> of it. But that one, actually, I did very much enjoy it. thought it was pretty fun. Um, and I actually, I'm pretty sure I had my best round at that one. So maybe that's why I'm saying it. But okay. no, I just thought it was fun. We are going to talk more about that. That's a great question. We do have our phone line still open. It looked like we might have missed a call there. Call us back. We'll get you back in here. But who is going to win? So, or, or who are we picking? I'll give you by rank. Oh, no, that's too big. I was going to say Ricky's there, Eagles there, Calvin's there, Dickerson, Adam Hammes, Kyle Klein, Kevin Jones, Kayla Visca, Scott Withers, James Conrad, and Nate Sexton, Nico, Bradley. Okay. So those are like our top competitors. Eagle took it down last year, walked it in, throwing his uh, tilt upside down, mm -hmm. uh, which just was like pretty epic first tournament back of the year in that sense, and was able to do that. So that was pretty cool. Is he going to be able to repeat? What's Ricky going to be like with his new disc? Is mm -hmm. Eagle unstoppable? Or is Ricky able to show up and be like, I'm ready? Mm -hmm. What do you think? Eagle's got a slight shoulder injury still, which kind of is allowing him, or excuse me, prohibiting him from throwing the forehand right now, which I think is a super dominant part of his game. He's still crushing All backhands. Right. He did that last year for LVC. Mm -hmm. You're right. That was the advantage I felt like mm -hmm. was he did that a lot. Yeah, he's got a great forehand and he's he's accurate with it. It's got a ton of power onto it. He's obviously he's a phenomenal putter, great backhand player, has a ton of power, which sets up a lot for the longer par threes that happen out in Vegas. You know, he's able to on a 460 foot par three, put it past it, you know, realistically speaking. So but he has won it, I think, a few times now, if I'm not mistaken. So I kind of, it's kind of tough to take Eagle off the pedestal, but Calvin played phenomenal at the all-star break that last round. Ricky, I'm very excited slash curious to see how the switch back to 
not back to DD because he was latitude to before, but two dynamic discs. I'm kind of curious. He skipped the all-star break literally just to practice more with his discs, which, you know, I think is, you know, I think it's fine. Do, do your thing. You're, you know, one of the best players in the world. Live your life. I'm kind of curious why the all-star break was fun competition. It wasn't anything like you're not getting rated on it. You're not, you know, this isn't determining your season. It's not the world championships. Like why not play the all-star break with your new discs and kind of like test it out. Like, you know, kind of put that pressure on you early on. It could have just been like a thing. It could have just been. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And you know, if he wanted to, you know, spend time off, whatever, do your thing. But I know one of the things he did want to practice more with his discs. And so I'm kind of like, you know, I was talking with a couple guys today and we were just like, why not put that little extra pressure on you to try out your new discs? You know, at a a more of a friendly banter kind of event. Yeah, there might have been something else going on. But so the chat just said, and we got another caller lined up. We're going to take them in just a minute here, but we want to finish up this LVC talk real quick. Is the chat saying, Calvin, watch out for Calvin this year. And I'm going to go back to last year when I made that pick. And I said, Calvin, like he won't win from here on out. He won a silver series. He tied at Ledgestone, Mm -hmm. which I still don't count that as a victory. Or if it is, it's an asterisk victory. They're saying, watch out this year. He's, this is what people said last year. There's some reason that Calvin is so good, literally so good. And I'll put him up there with the best, uh, with third place. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't win. Like, what the heck, dude? Yeah. So, like, that's where my pick came from. And it's like, I feel like it's going to be the same thing this year. Do you give Calvin any wins? Like, if you had to say now, like I did last year, like, could he win is a different question than will yeah. he? I think will he? Yeah, I think he'll pick up you one do. elite series. Okay. Yeah. That'll be cool. Yeah, we gotta do Which we one? gotta do, you know, next yeah, yeah. Next episode we gotta do like a legitimate prediction of fun. how many yeah, we'll like have we to, we'll have to set that up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just so we can look back on it, you mm-hmm. know, in mm-hmm. November of this year later on. But yeah, I think Calvin will get one. Do I think it'll be Vegas? I mean, it very well could be. He's got the power and everything like that to compete at Vegas. How's so, Barella? Uh how's Marweed gonna show up after a big solid le- year last year? Um, Drew Gibson, you know, Nate Sexton, all these names. Nate Sexton mm-hmm. had a big showing a couple years ago. Like mm-hmm. We're just excited to see. I, I think you'd be foolish to pick anybody else besides Eagle. Not foolish. I'd give you Ricky. I'd give you Calvin. But, like, there's going to be others yeah. who are going to be knocking on that door that we didn't expect. But if we go over to FPO real quick, yeah. I mean, and we're going to take our live call. For me, honestly, if I'm going to go out on a win with this, I say Ricky wins it. Okay. Uh, it'd be cra- great for Eagle back-to-back. Mm-hmm. You're right with that injury. There's a little bit of a uh, – maybe not. Okay. Open women before we take our call here is Paige Pierce. Kristen Tatar, Henna Blumroos, Evelina Salonen, Haley King, Sarah Hokum, Katrina Allen, Owen Scoggins, Missy Gannon, Heather Young, and then you have Jennifer Allen, Kona Star, Panis, and then mm-hmm. Jessica Weiss. I'm talking the top 15 to 20 here are the best FPO players in any group I think that we've ever seen in the history of, well, uh, is that too far? In the history of the sport. Mm-hmm. Nick, feature card for FPO. Feature is card it? is absolutely, I'm just going to say it's absolutely badass. It's the top four highest rated FPO players in the world right now being Paige Pierce, Kristen Tatar, Hannah Blumroos, Evelina Salonen, 978, 976, 973, 972, all very well within each other. I mean, if you look at the ratings per tournament, it's usually eight points to 10 points per stroke. And so they're all within that little category right there. So be prepared for a huge battle. I mean, last year, Paige Pierce and Katrina Allen definitely took it away shooting, I think, 20 under par, if not better, like 23, 24 under par for first, second. And then it was like seven or eight under par for third. Now, I think with the Europeans in play, which Evelina throws far, 
Hanna throws pretty far. Kristen Tatar is just super smooth and throws far. Putt's great. I mean, I think we're going to have a really, really great battle this year out of them. Who am I rooting for? Is different. Well, obviously, you know, who do I think is going to win it? I think Kristen Tatar is going to win it personally. I'm kind of rooting for Kristen. I'm always rooting for Paige, though, because I, you know, think she's great. She's awesome. She's an incredible player. It's just funny. I was looking at the ratings for the FPO, and you remember last year when Paige was at like, what, 996? And then everyone else was at like 972 or less or something like that. And now they're all pretty even right now. This is so. the most stacked FPO field that I've seen in yeah. a long time. And so who do I think? I've filmed a good group of them at LVC. I would like to think that Haley King is going to be that one day, like mm -hmm. the player that we all pick. And some of us already do. Yeah. I just have a hard time betting on her because mm -hmm. of her mental experience. Mm -hmm. Like I, I even watched it when I was there one year, like she missed the putt and then missed it again. And then it's like this almost defeatist yeah. mindset. And like, then just kind of just doesn't care, go for it. And then like, you're just yeah. racking it up. So like, I mean, when we, when we had her on a few weeks ago, she did talk about how she's taking that into, yeah. you know, much more consideration this off season, been working on kind of that mental game aspect of things. I think last year she, you know, she had said she had a ton of stuff going on outside of the disc golf world. And I think she's kind of dealt with that, figured out things, a lot of things. She's figured out her living situation now. I mean, I don't put any weight on what happened at the all-star break. I mean, you could see a couple shots where Haley just didn't look fluent oh, with right. her new discs. Yeah, no. I don't put any weight on like the all-star break of what I think a player is going to do through, through the year. I think going out and seeing them throw new plastic is pretty awesome. But I'm not saying, oh, after I watched Taylor play the all-star break, you know, she's not going to do anything. I, I don't I don't think that whatsoever. But I think Haley very, you know, in the next year or two will be that person who we're betting on almost every single tournament. I would also like to think in wrapping up this conversation, Ella Hansen could be a mm -hmm. breakthrough top five, maybe. That would be pretty big for her. Uh, Missy Gannon can demonstrate some great stuff here. Obviously, I say Missy Gannon. Um, so... I think there's going to be fireworks over there and it's going to come into the last day and be really exciting. That's mm -hmm. my take on the scenario. We have a live, live call lined up. Let's let them write in or her. Uh, what do you have to talk about today? Hello. Welcome to the Nick and Matt show. I think we made you wait too long. Oh, we lost you now. Call us back after we made that, that long of a wait. Nick, I have just been introduced to... One of the coolest products that I've ever personally been able to use in disc golf. And I want to talk about it for a minute. And so for those of you who are really curious, what, what is this? Can you give me a live shot? I mean, a big full screenshot. There we go. So this right here, Max Wax, comes in this little nice paper bag. It got shipped to me uh, and I pulled it out like this. And you'll see here, it is a mini. It's engraved. And it is, oh, it smells, I love the smell of it's it. It's actually a pretty sweet smell. It, I, like, yeah. I just want to keep smelling yeah. it. And you get this little, what looks like a chapstick container. I got to get my camera to focus. Looks like a chapstick container when you pull the lid off. See that? It's the same thing. Oh, it's not focusing. It's the same thing that's in this mini form, but in a chapstick container. What is this? Nick. You have some more experience than I do with something like this. What is this? I've got just a little bit about it, but I'm going to preface it just a little bit. And I'm going to say a lot of people out there, myself included, always wonder what are things that I can do to gain more power. A lot of that is flexibility. A lot of that is, you know, working on your form, developing good habits when it comes to your form, body structure, technique, arm speed, and athleticism are 
some of the most commonly, you know, ways that people are throwing further. But there's one different thing that's a little bit overlooked. And I think the disc golf world right now, and if you watched a video last year of Paul Macbeth, it was actually labeled as his most controversial video in disc golf. <laughs> I had the fortunate, you know, the blessing to be on that video. We actually went and tested out a bunch of different grip enhancers. And you can tell by certain enhancers that they actually do increase the speed. They'll increase the speed of a disc, enabling it to fly straighter, longer, depending on what kind of disc it is. And that's exactly what the DG Max Wax is, what Matt is holding on his screen right now. If you're listening post-produce, it's this cool circular shaped wax that's actually PDGA approved as a mini. And what this grip enhancer does is allows you to create more spin on your disc which in the long run creates a longer and straighter and more controlled flights in the discs at any arm speed at that point. Yeah, that squeaking? <laughs> or that was the that was the wax in my stickiness on it. <laughs> so the wow, DG Max so wax so grippy. Yeah, it allows you to create more wax, but it's not sticky. No, it's not it's sticky. Grippy. So here's the thing like I, I you might be able to have a strong grip without this, but this feels like I'm going to get those extra rotations and I did. I practiced with this and I was blown away by the confidence it gave me in my hand to spin the disc as fast as I needed to. The cool part about this product is one, it works as a mini smells great. It's not sticky. It's, it's not even tacky. Mm -hmm. It's a grip enhancer. So you may still use uh, your other powder bags, right? You might use that to dry your hands, use your towels, anything else you normally do to dry your hands. But this product, regardless of what you use, don't say, Oh, I use birdie bag or I use what this is in it's a addition. completely different product. This is a grip yeah. enhancer. So exactly. one dries, this enhances your grip. This little thing is probably the best invention that I've seen in disc golf. You're like, what is it? It's the mm -hmm. chapstick container with it inside. Mm -hmm. You keep it in your pocket. It's so excellent. You rub it on your finger, kind of just dig your finger into the top, your thumb. Good to go. Put it back in your pocket. I now have that confidence of grip. Go to dgmaxwax.com. These two products are there. You please order them one support this this awesome disc golf uh brand and company two take our word for it dgmaxwax.com buy the product use the code nick and matt you get 10 percent off your order um it's just awesome it's totally legal mm -hmm. that was something that came up controversial with yeah. that video but yep. it's totally legal it's all legal in the pdga currently right so maximize your disc golf game picking up some today at dgmaxwax.com Get back in here next week and tell us what you thought of the product. I guarantee you this is going to be in my bag. Mm -hmm. I absolutely love it. Thank you to DG Max Wax. Best thing about that, if you use the code Nick and Matt, 10% <laughs> off your order. Everyone loves a little discount. Use code Nick and Matt. Check it out. I've been using it actually this last weekend. Definitely notice having grip, especially my hands get very smooth in the wintertime. Um, just like don't I don't have comfortably a lot of good in the grip. winter. Yeah. Yeah. In the winter time. Good. And so this stuff, I actually have it in my bag right now and still getting used to it, which is awesome. I haven't grip locked a disc due to it <laughs> That's and right. it's comfortable and it, it, it's not sticky. That's the best thing. And it's I tacky. don't feel, and exactly, I don't feel like, and we're, we're giving a lot of extra time here for yeah. this we, because we actually believe in it. Yeah. That's why we're talking about it. Cause we only, we only have advertisers pay for one minute. We're going on because we actually believe about this. Mm -hmm. the, it, it, this is going to sound negative, but it's a positive. It doesn't last. Like it doesn't go on. Like mm -hmm. I don't have to wash my hands off. That's my point. Mm -hmm. 
I go uh, 15 minutes later, 30 minutes later, an hour later, and I don't even remember that I have it on. Mm -hmm. So a little grab of it before I throw a shot that matters, that's when I'm using it. It's, it's awesome. So that's my take on that product. Go check it out, uh, dgmaxwax.com, and use Nick and Matt. Get 10% off. Okay, we have a caller lined up that we've made now wait probably twice, but let's go ahead and bring him into the show now. Uh, we're excited to have you on. What would you like to talk about? Guys, why did you make me wait so long just to come on your show after no. inviting me to come on your show? No, everybody, uh, welcome to the show. And I'm, I hope I have the voice correct. Uh, Hannah Macbeth, everybody. Hi, everyone. Okay, so <laughs> I always have discussions about disc golf with people. And I just need to preface this topic by saying that this is actually a thousand and twelve percent. It has nothing to do with me or Paul or any like of the decisions that we make. It's just really fun to talk about. And one of the things that's been coming up lately is um, the touring season and how busy it is and how busy it's been becoming since COVID. Because I think everyone got, you know, the summer off when everything shut down due to COVID, and since then. Last year was crazy, and this year is equally as crazy, um, even more so if we can make it over to Europe. So Paul and I were having a conversation about it, and we're getting the RV ready, and we're getting ready to head west and do all the swings. And he was like, Hannah, if all of this works out, I'm literally not going to be home until September, like in my home, checking my mail, paying everything, you know. And so I want to know what you guys would do if you were in his situation. You're a top elite touring pro because we have the Ricky Wysockis that go to every single event. And then you have like your Chris Dickerson that take a long, like a large chunk off. Like he's not planning to go to Europe. He doesn't really go to the West Coast. So if you were in his position or their position, like what would you do? And then if you were getting started, like, what would you do? Would you feel pressured to go to every single event or not? Are, are you going to be one of those callers who says, I'm going to get off and let you talk about it? Or are you going to share your opinion after we share ours? What would you like to do? No, I'm going to get off and, okay. and watch you guys. <laughs> okay. All right. Appreciate you calling in. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> this was, bye. This was something that uh, actually, I was just talking to Paul about just a little bit ago. And um, I had seen Hannah post about it in the chat. And so once we got through kind of the Las Vegas challenge talk with that, I did want to bring it up is that I was talking to Paul earlier and just saying like, Hey, you know, a lot of people have been asking what's the reason for, let's say skipping, you know, Vegas, or let's say he was skipping a tournament midway through the year that a lot of people would consider a big tournament. But, you know, let's say he was skipping one of those, which he's not this year, but he had literally said, he was like, technically speaking, He's going to be gone from his house. Let me pull this up really quick so I don't get it wrong. He's going to be on the road from February 23rd to September 5th as the schedule sits right now. So that he'll be home, let's say September 6th is the first time he'll be home. And how many months is that? Almost 10 months? Nine months? No, it'd be seven. That's why no, no, they, that's yeah, why they have months. you. That's why they have you it'd to take care months. of the house, Nick. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he'll 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 text me and just say, you know, hey, can you go over and check this out? Can you go over, you know, you know, anything come in the mail or can you send this package out, whatever? And you know, it's awesome. Don't get me wrong, but I can't imagine that 
Like a lot of people travel for their job. You're about to travel next week for your job, but you're gone for five days. We're talking about people who, you know, the lifestyle. And like Hannah just said, the Rickies of the world who, and the Pauls of the world who pretty much play every single tournament. They travel overseas. They travel to all these different events. And then you have the Dickersons who are a little bit more picky and choosy. And actually Eagle this year is being a little bit picky and choosy about his tournaments. And so it's kind of like, I guess just opening it up to the chat. My thoughts on it are disc golf is heading in the right direction. I think the tour is getting very, very busy, but I think I'm hoping that the way that they are trying to view the elite series and the silver series events is that the top level pros won't have to focus on those silver series events. And so they'll be able to take those weeks off and maybe get prepared for another event that's coming up or use that as a week to go back, you know, to their home, wherever that may be. But as it stands right now, every single event matters. The points matter for the DGPT standings going on with that. And so I guess my take on it is for me personally, I'm not full-time touring. I'm not nearly good enough to full-time tour. And so I get to be a little bit more picky and choosy with my events. I've done better at Waco or excuse me, done better at Vegas than I have at Waco in years past. But Waco for me is a course that I feel more comfortable and more suited that my game would be better on Vegas. I played well, just kept for the most part, things inbound. But when it comes to my actual game, (laughs) Waco is a place that I should do better at. Realistically, I have high hopes from Waco this year for me. Fortunately, I don't have to deal with going out to 50 events throughout the year. But if I'm now sitting in a top professional's position, I want the ability to take a week or two off at a time to go back to wherever my home base is. I think the tour is getting very, very busy with how many different things are going on. Like we have the Silver Series, we have the Elite Series, and we have the Majors now, which Majors are obviously Elite Series, but we're talking kind of like three different categories of tournaments that pros are prepping for. And they're going week in and week out to the events. So let's take Paul, for example. Once he gets to Waco, he's got the RV. So you got to set up your RV. You got to go through all that. You got to drive the RV to Texas. And then after Waco, bam, you're going right to Belton. After Belton, you're going right to Texas States. After Texas States, you're going right to, you know, wherever. I think throw down the mountain in Florida. And you're constantly on the road. Like you never get a few days off because the second that the tournament ends, you go and pack up your things. And then bam, you're on your way to the next event. You get there, you set everything up and you're back out to practicing either that day or the day after. So I think it's kind of crazy. Um, I would say kudos to any pro that is taking, you know, their schedule and not doing every single tournament that they have to do. But I think it's, it's kind of crazy. Okay. So I had time to actually process through a different aspect of that question, because I think there's the ish, as Hannah said, there's the Ricky Wysockis of the world. There's the Paul McBest. There's the Christic. I think we have to look at this in a broader scope. We aren't talking about those who are making a salary that can live off of mm-hmm. no tournament earnings. Okay. That's actually a good chunk of the top five, 10. And if you include FPO, probably 15 players, but everybody else is making majority of their living off of events. If you're them, Nick, and you are touring, that's your living. Mm-hmm. You're going to hit the Silver Series. You're going to hit every event mm-hmm. because that's how you do it. You vend the whole thing. So there's two sides to like, is it the pro tours issue that like, hey, they're providing too many and it's an, kind of an expectation. Like if the event's there, it kind of is an expectation for the players. 
it's kind of part of it. But at the same time, these players don't have to go, right? But then you're asking the questions. Why aren't they there? Part of me feels like there should be one more tier of event. Well, I guess it's majors. But like pro tour tier, where it's like there's 10. Mm -hmm. And then there's like this subpar, not subpar, but like down the chain. Because I like the idea of Silver Series being the intro events for like regional pros and like people who think they want to make a splash or try to make it. Like, I like that, mm-hmm. but to the, have 20 events, it, is it an expectation for the players? What would you do? I, I don't know. I guess you would just play it by what can I fit into my schedule? What makes sense for my brand? Do yeah. I need the income of winnings? Do I not? What events do I like? Mm-hmm. All of that has to come into play. So let me, and what do my sponsors yeah, want too? Let me, let me use the example. I'm going to use Paul and Ricky actually in this example right now, because Hannah just brought up a great thing. And she said, I think it's important to mention that taking time off doesn't ever equal the pros just sitting on their couch and eating chips. Right. There's chores, mail, business calls, meetings, program, and product launches, everything like that. Paul and Ricky, two of the most well-known players in the sport, now have foundations that they're both a part of. They're also the number one player with their respective companies. They're marketing all new things throughout the year, clothing lines, new discs, new video promos, new sponsorships that are coming in. So for those players, you know, I think it it kind of needs to get to a point, let's say in the Pro Tour where... How many, how many pro tours are going on this year? There's like 20. Do you, know, do you know the exact number? I think it's 20. Okay. Do you know how many of those are elite versus silver? I think those are elite. You think like 16? I th- want to say 16. I could be wrong, but I'm curious how many elite series events because someone also brought up the point that PGA players don't play every single event. Mm-mm. Biggest thing you can say to that is PGA players make a lot more money with their winnings. This and is potential my point. Sponsorships. I get that. Depends on the ta- value. Now right? we're talking with the two players who do make a lot of money in our sport because we both know, or we all know. Paul and Ricky's contracts. And so you have an idea realistically of potentially what they're making monthly. 16 next 16, 16 events. Yeah. So 16 elite series events where it should get to a point to where the pro tour players, excuse me, the top pro players who are making that big salary should just kind of be able to focus on that rather than going out to every single event. But one of the things that, one of the things that helps out your branding is going on and winning events. And so every single time you go out and win it, like that's why we're f- kind of like putting Silver Series still on a very high pedestal. Yes. Because if you win a Silver that's Series right. event, you know, like Kyle Klein won Mid America Open. And that's when we really started talking about Kyle Klein. And then he goes on to win an actual DGPT, the Elite Series version of Idlewild. So then we really start talking about Kyle some more. But look at what that one Silver Series event did for his marketability. This year will be different. Mm-hmm. I-, I believe this year will be different. And uh, as in like, Silver Series is going to become what it was always kind of intended to be. It's it's in that journey to get there. But it's just made me think, and it was live here. I'm not going to elaborate more. I kind of feel like maybe that's what this Elite Series, which, by the way, they're, they're, they do refer to it as Pro Tour. It's a Pro Tour, not mm-hmm. Elite anymore. But anyways, these Pro Tour levels, if the Pro Tour could say, okay, here's our uh, 12 of these tier events, and now that becomes one day the not top of the top players like then there's like another level as the sport grows i could see that happening and Mm -hmm. then you only play the best of the best and majors Mm -hmm. because those 16 uh, elite series they're still the majors they're still overseas travels there's like there's still worlds so yes it's it's a packed year um but nick i'll just wrap it up and say we aren't only talking about the top five in the world of either division like we're talking about everybody and so every single answer is going to be different based Mm -hmm. off of their their mm-hmm. needs and their wants, right? And yeah. so Paul's going to be different than 
I hate to say it, but like Eric Oakley. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> like gotcha. it's just going to be different. Yeah, there, there are players who fully depend on going to tournaments week in and week out. And so that they've created that lifestyle to where, you know, Sunday they're driving to the next event. Monday through Saturday, they are playing slash practicing for that event. And then bam, Sunday, it's all over again. They're finishing up and they're going to the next one. There are players who have created that. I think marketing wise, what they're doing to players in a sense is for the top level pros, it's almost like, you know, they should be able to be a little bit more picky and choosy without adding so many things like elite series, excuse me, silver series events shouldn't matter that much when it comes to the pro tour championships like as kind of what i'm getting at there's still a high pedestal on points wise for silver series events so right now it still makes it worth it for every single pro to get out there yeah plus that was plus, a great, great plus, question plus winning an event i mean you get the money for it you get the bonuses for it your marketability goes up from winning event connor o'reilly won the national tour of delaware last year he's a player who i'm pretty sure played more rounds during tournaments last year than on any other player in the pro tour, whether it was elite series, silver series, majors, whatever. I'm pretty sure he was the highest number of rounds played. The sports just developed. It's, it's going to change. Exactly. It's, it's evolving. It's, and it's yeah. going to do that for the next five years or yeah. more. I think like a lot of people let's, let's equate this to, by the way, we have a live call line. Okay. Let's equate this to other sports really quick. You know, we'll say baseball, basketball, where you're basketball, you play 82 games, baseball, you play like 180 games. So I get it. Their seasons are insanely long, but the fortunate thing about their seasons is when a baseball player goes out for say four days on the road, he might come back for four days, might have one off day to where he's just practicing and then bam, have another three game matchup against the Yankees or something like that. But at least they go back to their home where they can get their mail done, where they can get other business inquiries done and stuff like that with disc golfers right now, we're talking about, you leave Pensacola, Florida, let's say Eric Oakley, you're leaving Pensacola, Florida, you're Tell driving September. out to Vegas, <laughs> and then you don't see Pensacola, Florida until potentially... Who knows? Who knows? So it's just, it's a... Again, it, it varies based yeah, off of who exactly. you are. It's kind of, a, it's kind of could, a crazy tour. Paul, Ricky, yeah. Paul, they, Ricky, they could literally yeah, just Eagle. fly in, rent a car, hotel, mm -hmm. at the end of the tournament, literally fly right back out. Now, I'm not saying everyone wants that grind either. Yeah. I, I loved the question, Hannah. We, we uh, could talk about it yeah. forever. And if you were on the show, Hannah, we would talk about it forever yeah. because that's how There's, we are. Yeah. And especially because she sees it a lot more than oh, we right. do. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Well, she's living life. it. Yeah. She's living it with her husband too. Yep. So uh, thank you for that call. We have another call lined up. Thank you for being so patient. Uh, what would you like to talk about tonight? Hey, Matt, Nick. Um, I was calling in just to show my appreciation for the Silver, uh, silver Series events that you know, these guys make the effort to make it in uh, to all these events, and I know it's a, a, an immense grind, but uh, so many towns, like I know, Nick, you're coming to Tallahassee, and, mm -hmm. and we're really looking forward to the field that's out there, mm -hmm. and it really infuses the local disc golf scene with such excitement that sometimes that's, you know, I, I know the rock stars of the, of the tour right now are dealing with all sorts of in-growth and, and going on, but my thought was about the lower tier players that are just out there grinding it away, whether it's, you know, and, and how the communities can rally around helping them out during the events, either being part of the fan experience or, or even extending invites to people. I mean, I've been playing since the early eighties and I remember tournaments where we would put people up and people would always put us up, you know, when we came into town 
whether it was ultimate or disc golf. And, you know, it was a community that's, it's always been helpful about that, but, um, you know, it's infusing my community with such an excitement about what's coming up that, you know, I really, I, I, you know, you were you talked earlier about the uh, Corey Wong, uh, Jomez video and some of the pros were talking about how every event they go to, they, they have about 50 requests of people that want to get, get to see them and know them and, and enjoy like seeing the other disc golf courses in the area. And they say, Hey guys, this is a, this is a grind. And it's, you know, it's, it's really hard to explain that to people. It's almost like being a musician out on the road. You just gotta, you gotta keep hard at it to be the top. You gotta be really into it, but it's just amazing that these, you know, the guys that are in the 30 to 50, you know, places are, are still out there grinding for not that much money and the love of the game. But I think the way that this is growing is is getting the fan experience going and infusing each one of those tournaments with the excitement. So uh, my take is that, you know, these guys are doing a great job. And uh, before I get off the air, I just wanted to give a lot of love to uh, Johnny and Jen, thinking about those guys, and uh, Jim Oates as well. And uh, thanks for all you guys do. Hi, guys. Thank, thank you very much. Yeah, and, and also in, in connection with uh, Johnny McRae, by the way, alluding to the fact his heart uh, attack, but also the surgery that he went un- undergone. I don't have all the details of the surgery, but it was successful, and he's supposed to remain calm and still for 30 days. That's significant. Jim Oates, I don't know the the outstanding issue yeah. beyond the heart attack. I think attack Jim is recovery. back home. Yeah, I think he is back home right now, probably under almost the same protocols of... And what about Matty O? Did you hear Matty O had emergency surgery to remove his appendix, appendicitis? He's yeah, appendicitis. Not, he's not Jeez. playing LVC. He's yeah. flying back home tomorrow. Mm-hmm. He was in Las Vegas, and the weird kind of twilight zone of that story is he's like posting Facebook messages after the surgery saying, like, something's not right. Like, I'm in so much pain, and they're not helping me. Come get me out. Like he was posting kind of stuff like that. And like, Mm -hmm. people are like, what's wrong, man? Like in the comments, how do we help you? And then like another post, like not even in the comments, like another whole post of like, this isn't right. And it was kind of like weird and people were trying to reach out and help him. And I think he ended up getting some support that he needed everything from West side, reaching out to help him and people there at the event going to the hospital of Vegas. But hopefully he's on a good road to recovery there and he can uh, be back to play uh, soon. All right. We took some live calls. Mm -hmm. We're still going to leave that open which i just realized that voice wave bar is just stuck on yeah ben i don't know why um i did want to say really quick to a big shout out to dynamic discs and their fundraiser support for johnny mccray i'm pretty sure they raised like over 10 or eleven thousand dollars with all proceeds going directly to the mccray family um so shout out to everyone who was able to support that um i think disc golfers as a whole is a very wholesome community in a lot of different ways. And I think the support that people are able to get is pretty insane. And I think that's kind of one of the big blessings in disc golf that we have is people, a lot of people in the world can say they have a personal relationship with a pro or two. Like a lot of people, they either come for your local area or they've come to your tournament so many times. You've just gotten to know them over the years. Like, I think that's one thing that in our sport is different than a lot of other sports that are out there right now. Um, so huge shout out to just everyone who was able to contribute and, you know, be a part of that. I think that's pretty wild. A ton of 
crazy things going on. So, you know, shout out to everyone. So during that last call, which was more or less a thank you for coming out mm -hmm. to the Silver Series and thank you pros for doing that, I started having another light bulb moment. I've had lots of these yeah. lately. Yeah, yeah. Share it up. I, I just went to Worcester last year. They put in a new stadium and um, it's Polar called Park. The, the, yeah, Polar yeah. Park. It's the Woo Sox, mm -hmm. standing short for Worcester Red Sox. Okay. It's like Triple A, I think. It's yeah. the, it's essentially, it is a farm yeah. league for the Red Sox. <clears throat> and a fantastic experience. You want to go watch baseball? I mean, do you know every player there? No, but do you get the similar experience for yeah. sure? Almost the same exact experience. You're not in Fenway, but. You get the experience. I envision the Silver Series events being that. If there was a Silver Series event here and that maybe not top 15 or 20 players showed up, but like a lot of great touring professionals mm -hmm. showed up, I'm going to go watch it mm -hmm. because they're still way better than me. And it's fun to watch good disc golf. I think that's what it's going to become. Where like, let's go get tickets to watch the Silver Series yeah. this weekend. Like, I wouldn't care if there was a hundred of those mm -hmm. like around the country. And like, I could see when almost any weekend I wanted, if I yeah. traveled within two or three hours, like that would be great. Mm -hmm. I, I feel, I feel that way. Some are yeah. calling me out now. I don't, I, I don't, like I don't ever want it to, you know, come off. Like I am bashing silver series at all. I actually think silver series are incredible for the sport. And I think they're incredible for certain people. Like I'll be, you know, probably next year, potentially this year too. Like I'll be playing more silver series events than I will. Mm -hmm. Pro Tour events, Elite Series events. Mm -hmm. Only reason being is that when I look at the scheduling, when I look at will this place be better suited for my game? Will it be better suited for my schedule? I still have a lot of stuff going on in Virginia right now that like Silver Series events for me are still that high level competition where you still get to potentially brand yourself and make a name for yourself. I think that's one thing that the Silver Series is going to allow a lot of players to do is build a name for themselves. And we've seen that over the years past when it came to pro tour events versus national tour events or just events in general, the players who go out on the tour consistently, let's say from February to September, you hear about their name a lot, whether they're winning or not. We've talked about them on our show. Other podcasts have talked about them on their show. They've been live guests on other podcast shows. And so just them going out on the road is huge for them. Marketability wise. Don't get me wrong. I'm saying more in the sense of the top level pros with the way that, this sport is, you know, they shouldn't have to feel like if a top level pro wants to go to every single event, all the power to them, go for it, do your thing. But I don't feel like they should feel that they need to go out to every single event. You know what I mean? I don't think they should be pushed to go out to every single event. I think with every sport, when I say rest, I'm saying, yeah, you want to rest your body a little bit, but you also got to figure out all the stuff that's going on in your personal life in the sense of people are now running businesses while being professional players. People are running organizations while being professional players. And so there's a lot of stuff going on. And I'm, I also don't want this to sound like a woe is me to the top athletes. Like <laughs> they are fortunate. We are fortunate. Look at what you and I get to do. We get to talk about disc golf on a Monday night for fun. We get to have a blast with it. Like these players get to play disc golf for a living and they're successful with it. Kudos to them. But at the same time, it's like a lot of other jobs in the world where it is wear and tear in your body. And also, these pros have worked their butts off to get to where they are at. They put in the hours that people don't see to get to this point. Yeah, I think in wrapping it up from my perspective, it would be very neat to see the Silver Series be a tour of its own. Yeah. 
where it's like, oh, Nick, absolutely. if you took down the Silver Series tour, I would be proud out of my mind. Yeah. And like, I'd that is proud. And that is, and I don't mean no offense by this. This is true for actually, this is a true statement for anybody that's more obtainable to win than the let's what we call the elite tour. Like, mm-hmm. that would be like, I, that'd be really neat instead of saying, Right now, and I bet that's where they're moving. But instead of saying, "Oh, you can get like twenty five percent of the points from Silver Series," and like Paul could go there and get like, I think it would just be neat where they're at right now. They have to do it all collectively, but yeah. like it'd be neat in a few years or a year to get to the place where that's its own. That's tour. that's that's I guess kind of like essentially where you you did it. You you hit the nail on the coffin, or awesome. whatever they call it, That'd to where awesome. the Silver Series should be viewed as one thing, and the Elite Series and above should be viewed literally as that elite level tour. Because like the caller who just called in. Saying like, hey, we love it when people come out to these Silver Series events. And like you were just saying, like, if imagine if Buffenville mm-hmm. ran a Silver Series event and we didn't have the top 20 players in the world, but we had the top 21 through 100 players in the world, where a lot of them are still very well known in the disc golf community. If I wasn't playing it, I 100% would go out and watch disc golf. One reason being, a lot of the times it's people that are better than me. And I love watching people that are better than me play disc golf because I'm either learning something or I'm just enjoying something that I love doing. And so I think essentially how I'm kind of viewing everything is make the elite series and the majors on these massively high pedestals where that is the elite elite tour. Yeah. Like for I'll say for me personally, I as a player should not right now be allowed to play on the disc golf pro tour. And I'm saying that because <laughs> I am not good enough to win a disc golf pro tour event. Like my best round in the world right now is like a 1053 or 1054, 1052, something like that. That's Ricky Wysocki's average. That is his player rating. Why is an average level player to help you drive home that point? competing in the Olympics? In LVC, LVC, the lowest rated player is 922. Yeah. And I don't mean this negatively, although it's going to come off that way. I don't know the person, so it doesn't matter. Like that's throwing worse than me and if anyone's watched me throw on simon's channel or anywhere else like, i'm not that good yeah but they're playing lvc and they could mm-hmm. technically be uh, okay let's let's move on here so capital discs we've talked about them a few weeks in a row if you haven't pulled the trigger yet on checking out their website capitaldisc.com then you need to go do that that sticker i'm holding up just gives you an idea of their logo there they sent me over some discs these are really cool like mis stamped and then also uh, a disc that just says capital disc as a bar stamp but beyond capital discs uh sending me some discs and a sticker to to talk about um they're doing so much more than that regionally here they're running an event called the capital disc open in august talking about silver series this doesn't have that stamp on it nick but this is the ten thousand dollar added cash event uh anybody who's listening that wants to play a great event you don't have to be a pro to play this event and you have a great chance at an awesome event um they have custom apparel gear discs Go use the code Nick and Matt. You get 10% off. It also lets them know that you heard about it here. Use the code Nick and Matt. Uh, we've told you about the FPO player that they're sponsoring. Have you ever met Casey Delapena, Nick? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She's, she's a good player. Yeah. Uh, maybe she'll be on tour one day. But she's locally touring right now, establishing more of a presence. Go, go find her on social media. I think that's not really part of what we're talking about, but you can go follow <laughs> her. Um, and... They're selling a signature series disc for her to help fundraise. If you want to support grassroots, check out capitaldisc.com. Buy something from them. Support. I think there's only like, they said a few left. Only a few left of these FPO sponsored player discs. The uh, Latitude 64 Opto Glimmer Sapphire, Opto Glimmer Fuse, Opto Diamond. Help funds to help her. And 
We love what they're doing over there. Jeremy Whitaker, keep up the good work, man. I will more than likely be playing that tournament. Oh, $10,000 <laughs> yeah. is called. Sounds, sounds pretty good. Okay, so Evan <laughs> Kearns is in the chat. I thought he was going to be sleeping. He's supposed to be flying out really oh, early. Really early, he's supposed to fly out to LVC. He's not here oh, in the studio, which we didn't even talk about that, Evan. You know, what's funny is because oh, I, saw, I saw someone post Statmander with an exclamation <sighs> point, and so I was going to say... We totally forgot to say, but Evan is not in studio tonight. I think because we're so, you know, brush up on the whole, you know, scheduling conflicts <laughs> no that we had tonight. Sees. But um, Evan <laughs> Kearns is actually and Stat Meno. Go ahead. That was that was Evan's plan. I guarantee because Evan wanted to be on when Dylan was on. Mm -hmm. Like, remember all the conversation we had the yeah. couple weeks? He's yeah, like, yeah. oh, it's got to be like. He's got I a want. ton of cool baseball stuff. Yes. Yeah. And so, you know what happened? He he found Dylan Sees' contact and he said, have them push the show back. They'll never do it. He's like, <laughs> that must be it. Yeah. <laughs> and Dylan's like, all right, man, you sound like yeah. a real big fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I'll wait until you're on the show. Yeah. So Evan, if you're still listening, you lucky son of a gun, <laughs> you'll be on a show hopefully yeah. with that Dylan. But exactly. speaking of which, let's get into it. We do have Statter fiction lined up. Uh, ben, would you run the intro for us? Let's get right into it. Stat or fiction presented by Stat Mando. All right, Statter Fiction, presented by Stat Mando. Did you notice they've got this new, like, I don't want to call it grayscale, but it's like a greenish logo change. They went away from the Christmas colors. I do love, what I, what I really like about the background is that it's ever so slightly just moving down. Yes. And I think that's I'm an just, awesome feature that you added into that. I tried to make some motion backgrounds. That's exactly. what I tried I to it. do. Yeah. We got Ben is actually going to be hosting. Matt and I are going to be competing against each other. Matt, tell them about, do we have? Oh, let's do yeah, it. Do we let's, have it. So go ahead and put it up. Go ahead and put it up. Yes, sir. Check this out. Come on. Okay, Statter Fiction, see the percentage bar up there. For those who are watching live, this is your opportunity to engage with the show. You need to visit stat or fiction, easy, dot live. Stat or fiction dot live, like in your web browser. Mm -hmm. Do not vote yet because you're going to be stuck and you can't unvote once you vote. But if you go to statorfiction.live, you will be right in, able to give your answer for the Statter Fictions, and it will live populate in the live feed showing as they come in, Nick. It's going to sway you or me. I believe it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be honest. There's not a lot of people in the chat who I would trust to sway my decision. <laughs> I'm just going to be brutally honest. It's like pull a friend. There are a couple, though. I know there are actually like a lot of audience. loyalists that we kind of have. It's kind of like pull the audience. Yeah. So yeah, statterfiction.live, we gave you enough time. If you're on your mobile phone, it might be a little tough to do this sometimes, mm -hmm. but you can still play along in the chat. All right. Evan, oh, <laughs> someone already said stat. I knew it was going to happen. When you said don't do it, I knew no, it was going to happen. No, don't reset. Well, yeah, yeah, you can reset. No, don't, right. Re don't reset it. Don't no, reset they're, it. They're, they're voting stat. Okay. <laughs> they voted stat already. Yeah. Okay, so Evan's never done this before. Let's give him a lot ben. of grace here. He's going to do excellent. Here we go, Ben. Oh, yeah, Bevan Kearney. That's right. Bevan Kearney. Bevan Kearney. It's Ben Kenny and Evan Kearns, but we said Bevan Kearney. Okay, here we go. Go ahead. Give it to me. Welcome to Stat Fiction. I'm Bevan Kearney. <laughs> um, alrighty. So, first question for you guys: Ezra Adder holds 10.99 rated round at the 2021 LVC is the highest rated round at any LVC or Gentlemen's Club Challenge, which is formerly known as, since the event moved to Wild Horse in 2016. Statter fiction. What was the rating? 10.99. 10.99. 10.99. Mm -hmm. Yes. 
That's the official because didn't it come in? At it like wasn't. It wasn't like eleven oh one or eleven hundred, and then they dropped it down one point. And okay. then we saw no eleven hundred rated rounds last year. Because okay, of that. the the votes are coming in now. I'm yes. seeing it happen. Yeah. Oh, it's so cool how live yeah. it just populates like perfectly. Cool. What well, what was the game that we did before? It was like when we judge did judge that, that disc golf. We'll do it We had that live thing. We're gonna do it. Yeah, again. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So yeah. they're coming in. I'm I'm not gonna be swayed yet. We'll talk about the results when yeah. we get to the end. Nick, you're gonna go first. On I'll go first. I'm gonna say it's a stat. Nick says stat. I'm not going to get my reasoning yet. Um, since 2016, that's the kicker there. Uh, I feel like that. I I'm also going stat. I feel like there haven't been that high rated rounds there. Okay, what is the answer? Answer, fiction. Whoa, no kidding, no points. Oh wait, I said stat. Yeah, you did. No, that's right. That's right. I said yeah. stat. I just blanked out though. That I thought weird. it was a stat. Uh, give me a second. 2016-7. Okay, what, what's the what's this what's more? the backup? So, Eagle McMahon had an 11.08 round rating, um, in 2019. Simon Lazat 10.97, 2020. Kayla Visca 10.92, 2019, and Nico 10.90 in 2012. 11.08 to Eagle in. Wow. 2019. Okay, yeah. That's impressive. So, okay. Well, zero points for Nick and Matt. We've been doing really badly. I did really good last week, actually. I'm pretty sure I went three for three. Yeah, or two for three, something like that. All right, what's the next one? I killed it last week. What's the next one, Bevan? (laughs) Well, it's already 50-50. People are already voting. Yeah. (laughs) They're voting for the last one. Stat or fiction? Number two. Juliana Corver, Valerie Jenkins, Paige Pierce, and Katrina Allen are all tied for the most FPO LVC wins with four each. We're all so quiet. <laughs> Juliana, Valerie, Paige, Katrina are all tied. Tied up. For the each. most FPO Las Vegas Challenge wins with four each. That... Oh, that's right. I remember Evan gave us a little background. This is not cheating. Evan said this also includes gentlemen's uh, club. Yeah, yeah. I that figured. When I figured when All it went back to Valerie the, and Juliana. Although the 2016 yeah. was a clarifier for the first question. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. This is just open to any. This is just open yeah. to any of them. Okay. Um, because I was thinking four for Juliana. I'm like, what? Yeah. Okay. Juliana, Valerie, Paige, Katrina, four. I have to think through some of these that would have won. Oh my goodness, Nick! Are you gonna say the same thing as me? We should write it. You know, someone made a comment on that. We should write it down. Yeah, I saw that. That way, well, your answer might sway me a different I know. way. It's a different game. I gotta play the points way. percentage. Yeah, I know. We're in a contest. All right, all right. That's right. It's multiple strategies. Inception. Uh, the votes are coming in. I say fiction, and I'm not saying that because of the votes. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. The votes are. Pretty I was gonna fire. go fiction, but that's what they're uh, saying. I want to say because it was Katrina Page, Valerie, and Juliano, all with four apiece. Did it say when the inception of the Las Vegas challenge started? If you go to the other tab for answer one, it would tell you back a ways. I don't know how far it would show, but mm, no, n- no idea. Does not right, say. Okay. I don't. I don't. That's that's a term that I really have no idea when it started. Started. Um, I'm gonna go fiction as well. Okay, right. Nick goes fiction as well. What's the answer? And the answer is fiction. All right, both get a point. All right, I actually, the, I actually was kind of nervous on that one, but and the live, the lives, by the way, because we didn't do the last one, I don't remember what it was, but the live polling shows sixty six percent of people said it was fiction, and thirty three said stat. So that 
is what we guessed. I, I we shouldn't go. We shouldn't go with the. We're gonna just follow yeah, what the right. live stat says. Okay, there we go. All right, question number three. All righty, question or stat or fiction number three. Juliana Cora has five wins, by the way. So there you okay. go. Okay. Oh, no kidding. Um, Saturday Fiction, number three. This is the sixth straight season LVC, or GCC, has kicked off the elite season. First, parentheses, <laughs> first NT or DGPT event for the calendar year. Just to clarify, in case you didn't know. You're up, Nick? I'm up. I'm gonna I go. know the answer. Yeah, I'll go stat. All right, Nick goes stat. Wait, that throws me off then. You want me to read again, just in case? LVC, okay, so you already answered, but LVC was before Fountain Hills Memorial. Was it always before that? Nick's not going to give me any I don't know. Because if not, Fountain Hill Memorial Championship was a kickoff for the DGPT, but was it before, it was the NT before that, and that's what LVC was. LVC was always an NT. Was it before that? Oh my goodness! How could I have this big of a brain freeze? I'm gonna say no. I'm gonna say no. I'm gonna say Fountain Hills so, Memorial Championship was. First. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with stat on this, but I almost wanted to retract that because I'm pretty sure 2020 was an A tier, so I'm pretty sure I'm gonna be wrong. Oh right, yeah, you nailed it. I yeah. think I'm so pretty sure I'm pretty sure that's the case of it. I, I'm saying fiction. Yeah. Okay. Dun dun dun. It's fiction. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's because of 2020. Go. I'm pretty sure the year Nate won. I think it was an A tier. It that is what it's showing. Yep. Yep. That's what it's showing. Yeah. The A tier. I thought about it right after. Question. Yeah. Right after I went through it because I was like, well, it's always before Fountain Hills, and I was like, in every single year, it's been an NT until the inception of the DGPT when it became a DGPT event, and then I forgot one of the years it was actually just an A tier. It was a year that not like a ton of the big name pros went to it. So was it 2020? Um. Yeah. 2020. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. That's what I thought. So as things would have it, you. <laughs> You got it right, like the reasoning, and I got yeah. it right, but not knowing the reason. Yeah, exactly. Oh my god! I thought, I, yeah, it was literally right after I had said stat. I was like, "That's wrong," but obviously, I'm a it, man of integrity. When did it change to an a DGPT? It wasn't it's until seventeen or eighteen, okay. probably. Because oh. nineteen, it was a DGPT. No, because okay, seventeen was gentlemen's club, and that was not DGPT. Oh, okay. I think nineteen then, because I'm pretty sure the first year I went out to Vegas, like I caddied for Paul. Yeah. yeah, I'm pretty sure it was a DGPT. Okay. back then. Well, not back to back weeks for Nick. I actually get the win this week, and we didn't have there to do a go. tiebreaker, which is great. Yeah, which that's is always nice. Awesome. We've got to be really close, Nick. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we're. That might have not have us back up. I know. That might have not have us back up. Yeah. All right. Thank you for those who are live polling there. By the way, fiction was 58%. Uh, so they are correct. We'll give the audience points, you know, if the majority of them yeah. say the right answer. And stat was 41%. I would love there. to and be, be ready for this live audience. You and I'm just pull, thinking of this on the fly. We're going to eventually go to a Zoom or maybe Skype does 20-person Skypes. I have no idea. But we're going <laughs> to randomly pick <laughs> yeah, 10 of you. And whoever wins it, I'm going to buy you a lunch. I'll literally Venmo you. But eventually we're going to do like 10 people in a live call. We're going to we mute everyone and we're going to go on. one by one. You tell us your answer. Or actually, we won't even unmute you. You can just hold up a sign that says <laughs> stat or fiction, you know? Yeah. So <laughs> that's right. So we'll do that. We are going to be bringing back judge that disc golfer. Mm -hmm. Ben is going to be a big part of hooking that up and producing it. So I will actually be able to play Nick. That will be like almost a first where I won't have seen the interview before yeah. it came. That'll be really That would great. be the first, right? 
feel like it. Yeah, maybe that yeah. is the first. I don't think. Yeah, I've never done it any other way. So, yeah. all right. So there's all of that we just talked about um, and did stat or fiction. Nick, we started our show an hour or a half hour late. Mm -hmm. We're an hour and ten minutes in. We had a 45 minute slot scheduled for Dylan C's. So we're doing pretty good. We have a little bit more to talk about. You've got an early morning. Mm -hmm. but let's talk about a few of these other um, things here, uh, including. Have you heard any news about, um, and I'm asking because I feel like I saw some things on this, live streaming, is it specifically to LVC or is it the DGPT at large, live streaming the FPO separate from MPO? Have you heard anything about that this year? No idea. Who in the chat or who wants to call in and tell us if you know the details on that? I saw somebody say, I thought I did on the interwebs, that the FPO stream was separate from MPO this year. Maybe that was, again, LVC, call, correct us if we're wrong. Um, actually, we don't even have that actually opened up here. So They we, did the all-star break separate. Which I liked. I I, I, I like it that yeah. way. I think if it's a logistics thing, mm -hmm. then I get it. Like, it's hard to do, and I'm supportive of it mm -hmm. if that's the case. But if it's like we have the ability, the logistics are there, and I say let's do it because it, it is a better experience all around, in mm -hmm. my opinion. If you have the answer, call and let us know. We'll uh, take your opinion on that, um, if that's the case. Um, Innova announced, or I should say the LVC Challenge, Las Vegas Challenge, announced that Innova is giving $130,000 sponsorship to their event. You kind of feel like LVC is Innova. What's funny is that doesn't even pay for half of Wild Tours. <laughs> What's the rumor on the street for how much uh, a day costs their wild horse, the golf course? Have you heard? I mean, I'm, I, I could be totally wrong on this. And I'm just saying I could be totally wrong on it. But I've heard <laughs> it's upwards of like 300 to rent out the place for the week. 300,000. Yeah. yeah. Three or four. Yeah. It's got. And like be. I said, I, I could be totally wrong on that. That's just word of mouth. What I've heard over the years could totally be wrong. But yeah, but. I wouldn't be surprised. I might be wrong too, Nick. So I'm giving that preface, but yeah. I feel like I heard like $75,000 a day to like rent it. So 75, so two days would be 150, four, 306, 450. Well, I don't know if they're, maybe they're counting practice. So if that, anyways, you're, you're I'm not wrong. Yeah, we're, I mean, we're in the right ballpark. They'd That's have the to, they'd have to count practice because no one's out there golfing. Yeah. yeah. You were, we're in the right ballpark with 300,000. So yeah. that's a, that's a costly event. But as far as uh, the way that they wrote it up, 2022 Las Vegas Challenge presented by Innova. would like to thank Innova Champion Disc for their $130,000 title sponsorship. Innova supports, which includes over $75,000 in goods. So that's part of it. So they aren't even talking, I don't think, about the rental portion here. $75,000 in goods, around $30,000 in media support. <laughs> wow. Imagine an <laughs> event back in the day even costing $30,000, yeah, let alone kidding. just for the media. Yeah. Uh, 10,500 in borrowed items. They're like, here, you can borrow. Maybe they're giving baskets to be borrowed yeah, and things like that. Uh, over 5,000 in partnered Halo and CFR fundraising. Is the Nate Sexton LVC Firebird going out this year? Probably. If it is, someone grab me. So I'm sick of missing out on it when I've been there every single time. And I've thought about that. Like, and I know people did this in previous years. They would pay somebody to stand in line for them. Like, in fact, right now, I will pay somebody to stand in line for me. Then they're like, well, if I'm standing in line, I'm going to get it. Mm -hmm. But I will pay you $200. This is a real offer to stand in line. And I will pay you the $200 if you get a Firebird for me. 
if you don't get the Firebird for me, but you waited in line and it can be verified, like, I don't know how, with pictures and timestamps. Yeah, right. <laughs> I will pay you probably 40 bucks for your time. So you're not going to lose out. And like, don't do this and then come back to me and say, Hey, I did it. Make sure you hit me up before you do it. So I can confirm that it's legit. But like the firebirds are going to sell for like a thousand bucks right away. And they always do. It's insane. Uh, So I I have to interrupt this whole firebird talk because Mm. I'm probably not going to get one, but you know, shout out to Sue and Raleigh, but they said, I'm so glad they moved FPO to morning. And I, Totally actually missed that when we were looking at tea times earlier, but is that for the whole year? They moved FPO to well, that's mornings what, again? That was what I was asked. Because someone, someone did say that. They said, I think Todd confirmed. maybe, but they said, you know, separate. FPO in the morning is what I'm reading. Yeah. But can somebody and this I'm is, pretty sure they said separate streams. Yes. Someone, someone. But is that, that just LVC? That's my whole yeah, question. I'm I totally knew that there was that. an event, but I don't know if it's yeah. the whole year. And I, I, I should have done my research. Here's the deal. Our show got all thrown off today. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I know, right? I wasn't planning to talk about yeah. that, but I'm scratching now at, at topics here. No at the kidding. End. Yes, all events. No kidding. I actually. I wonder where that, that was announced because I, yeah. I don't know how I missed it. I, I apologize, everybody. Um, okay. So we had the phone lines open. Nobody's calling in here to tell us. They just told us through the chat. That's fine. You can close out the live calls, Ben. Um, let's realistically, I hate to close out what seems early to everybody, but like that's where we're at. When your your main guest of the evening isn't able to make it, that's a large section of fill. And honestly, we could just talk a lot, but we don't need to. Uh, what, one of the questions I am going to ask when Dylan comes on, though, just to put it out there, I don't know if you had thought through anything, but is he talks about how much he likes studying the mechanics of body movement and sports. So like athletics, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I enjoy understanding it too, but some people are able to just really like Seth Muncy, for instance, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. he sees the human body in a totally different way than I do. So I was actually having this conversation with Paul when we were down in Florida together, cause we were working on my form and I have, I have okay form. I have, it's not explosive. I don't throw far. I say that a billion times an episode. I don't throw far, but you we know, I get a sound bite of that. Yeah. Man. Record I, uh, that. We'll just hit a button every now know, and then. But I, I throw good like woods distance. Like I'm good at throwing onyxes and scorches throughout the woods yes. and getting good distance with it. You know, I'm, you know, not an above average thrower of distance, but I'm not like a below average one. When it comes to the pro tour standards, I'm below average. Don't get me wrong. But like on a casual day, like I'm not terrible at it, but one of the things that that comes with is not having the kind of picture perfect form that a lot of the pros do. And so Paul and I, when we were down in Florida together, kind of working on it, he said, you know, are you a visual learner in the sense of like, he was kind of saying where he can throw a disc. And when he thinks about it, it's almost as like he comes out of his body and can rewatch him throw that. Mm. And then he knows potentially what he did wrong. And he's also very good at seeing what other people do wrong. Like he corrects me on things all the time for me, I have to slow everything down and I'll equate this to when I was growing up playing piano. When I play the piano, I know what every single key is. When I sit down for more than two minutes, I, I could close my eyes and play you a song that I've memorized over the last 10 years. But the way to learn that song was I used to just read the top line and I would play that at 50% speed until I learned that line and can get it up to hundred percent. Then I went to the next one and then I put the two together. Then I went to the third one, put the three together. That's how I have to do it with disc golf, which is kind of annoying because when I look at my form and I watch a video, I have to slow everything down and then go through the motions. 
but then I'm not working on that like explosiveness in a sense. And so then I have to slow everything down, but be explosive at the end of it. What's really funny is like, I can see what I'm doing wrong with my form. I just struggle to fix it in the sense of like, this is how I need to do it. Okay. Let me just tell my body to do it. Cause a lot of people can literally just say, Oh, I need my body to do this. And bam, their body actually falls along with that. For me and my athletic career has never been like that. I always, you know, for whatever I'm doing, for the most part, whether it was learning something musically or playing a sport, I always had to slow everything down, pretty much put my body into 50% motion and work on that. And that's honestly, I mean, we were talking about this with Corey Ellis last week when you, you know, for me, when I felt like I became an above average putter was when I stopped putting for a million different spots around the basket and I just sat at 20 feet. And I worked on 20 footers until my body memorized that motion. It became just a muscle memory of how much power I need to put on the disc, how much spin I need to put on the disc, how much power needs to explode for my legs. It literally just, I slowed everything down, just worked on 20 footers. And then I moved my way back to 25 to 30 to 35, whatever. And it's helped me out when it comes to my putting. And so that's where like, you know, I need to work on my form. But someone like Dylan, who like you're saying, can loves studying. I love studying the body movements and how to do it. I just struggle. Like I need, I'm actually working with someone next week, I think on like a backhand coaching from a overthrow disc golf, Mikey and uh, Josh, Josh white. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. Blanked yeah, yeah. On a second. But overthrow disc golf who's worked with Simon who, you know, yada, yada, yada. But that's something that like, I'm finally going to work with a coach. And it was the same thing in 2019. I was working with a personal trainer. I actually enjoy going to the gym. I like lifting weights. I'm one of those people though, where, I have an idea of what I want to do and I just need to be better about literally like being on a regiment of it. And so when I was working out with a personal trainer back in 2019, we were working on things every single week and he was coaching me through those things. When I became a good basketball player is when I had a coach coaching me through those things. And so that's where like, it's just so funny that people learn in such different ways of life. Like when I was a really good piano player, it was when I was going to piano lessons and my teacher, Chris, she would slow everything down with me because I got to one point where I could literally read a sheet of music, something that I've never seen before. And I could probably learn how to play it within that first 10 minutes. If it wasn't in some like B flat key or something like that. But if it wasn't a simple enough key, I could sit down because I had done so many things that involved around that. And with disc golf, it's just, it's so funny, but like I need a coach for disc golf to help me out. That's why like when I was out in Florida, I figured out my back pain issue. I shouldn't, I lied. Paul, figured out you why the hell my back was killing me last week. Yeah. Did exactly. you see what Sue and Raleigh in the chat just said? I like Nick's form. He has great posture. <laughs> Thank you. I actually, I try to work on my posture. So there you and, go. Uh, yeah. But so this was one of the things I had heard Dylan, like he said in another interview, like, oh, I, like in passing, but he said, I really like breaking down like mechanics and form. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, this was something I had on a topic to talk about like previous episodes and I thought it would line up perfectly and you just kind of transitioned perfectly to it, which is why aren't there players and how many players are actually getting this coaching on form and technique? Mm -hmm. Like I'm not necessarily talking about those in the elite or the top 10, maybe those outside of top 20, but some in the top 10, maybe why hasn't disc golf gotten there yet? Like, yes, it's happening where you can give lessons to someone mm -hmm. and um, pick whoever Eric Oakley can and Drew yeah. Gibson can like, but I'm talking about those players who's coaching them. Mm -hmm. I kind of get this feel that right now disc golf, unfortunately is about, all right, I got to go out and practice today. And what is that practice? I'm going to go out and do some field work. Well, who's helping you? Mm -hmm. 
Because if you're just throwing a disc and you're trying to figure this out on your own, there's no way that's an advantage to somebody who has a coach yeah. who's going. Yep. Well, you well, talk spe- every... specifically yeah. with Paul. Like that's that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. It's like, but who are those people? Are we just not there as a sport mm-hmm. yet? Is my point? Because like well, Paul yeah, can't do that for everybody. Yeah, exactly. And that's where like a lot of people have always asked me, you know, what's it like playing with Paul? What's it like playing with Simon? Like these are players. They're mm-hmm. not coaches. Mm-hmm. And like Paul, I think has been outspoken about that where he's like, I'm not like a great coach. Like I can see things, but like, he's not going out of his way to correct people I've because that's not, yeah, exactly. And he like, has never once. He could, Paul could break down my form <laughs> and completely modify everything. Could, I thought you were going to say he could break you down. Like, yeah. He could, he oh, could he could. He, he, you down. he sometimes, you know, he, when we're playing, he'd be like, dude, that was awful. <laughs> what the hell are you doing right but, there? And I'd be like, yeah, man, you're right. Help me out. And I'm, know? I'm, a, I'm way different than you in the sense that like, he's not going to go out of his way to critique my form, but like he doesn't do that. And I don't see other players doing that either. Like Ricky doesn't just be like, I'm playing casual with him. Or Mm -hmm. I was with Eagle last year playing Mm -hmm. casual. Like they're not like, Hey, uh, you want to throw better? Like, here's what you should do. And I don't go out of my way to ask them either because I don't feel like that's the place. Yeah, exactly. But where are these coaches? Like, I feel like Seth Muncie could be Mm -hmm. a coach, but is he coaching? I know he's doing the whole fitness thing, but he could be a coach. Mm -hmm. He's watched it enough. I think he's good at instructing. He could do that. Well, this is what this this is actually one of the funniest things that funny and true things that Paul has said to me. And I think Paul Hannah and I were actually talking about this exact subject of like coaching in disc golf and coaching as a player because we know Paul has incredible form when it comes to backhanding, forehanding, and putting. He's great at all of those abilities. There are players who have better backhand form, better forehand form, and better putting form. But he has great form in all those things but he doesn't consider himself someone who might be a good coach. Like that's just not him as a person. And so I was kind of like, well, and I I said this just kind of out of the blue, almost like not in a rude way, but just saying like, well, you know, any player could be a good coach. You just got to do it. And it was like, oh yeah, Bill Belichick was a phenomenal NFL player. And it kind of took me a second because I was like, Belichick wasn't in the NFL. And he goes, there you go. That's my point. And he just walked away after that, like literal mic drop. And I was just kind of like, no kidding like that actually makes so much more sense it it, not that i didn't think that made didn't make sense or anything like that but when you have someone who just somehow can break everything down and study the game differently than you can you know that's why basketball players have a coach that's why an nba team has a coach to facilitate the team the team goes out and plays but the coach coaches them to that in a sense i'm doing this without being paid for it but overthrow disc golf because yeah. this topic is relevant. Mm-hmm. I actually, <laughs> you can pay us later overthrow because <laughs> this is going to be so good. Yeah. I genuinely think that the product they're delivering is what we need more of in the disc golf world. And, and a lot of, and a lot of top pros have actually said that like they do phenomenal work. Yeah. Like, Simon being one yeah. of them. Yep. This is perfect to summarize and we can bring it to Dylan at some point to see his perspective mm-hmm. on how it works for him in the MLB. Mm-hmm. But like you need people and I would trust them. And that's the crazy thing is like you, you, you don't throw that good. Not, I don't mean you, they don't throw that good. Maybe on overthrow. They're not a pro player, mm-hmm. but you can coach. And it, it sounds funny. Those who can't do teach or those who yeah. can't do yep. Yep. like, yeah, yep. like, I and people now laugh, laugh as loud as you can. I'll hear you through the chat. Like, I feel like my form, everything about my game is bad, but I feel like I understand it. And I could literally tell you, Nick, what you're doing wrong. Yep. And you'd be like, Matt, 
you should look at yourself in the mirror. And I'd go, no, no, no. I'm not saying like I can do it. Yeah, well. no, no, no. But exactly. like I know yeah. exactly because I've studied it. I've analyzed it. What a good throw should look like. People, there's going to be people who should be coaches. And I feel like we need to get to that place quicker to help yeah. the, the best players get better and the, the 20 to 50 ranked players get now, better. Yeah, yeah. So now, now say this. Let's say the top 50 ranked players in the world are more than likely sponsored by a major manufacturer. Okay. In the off season, let's say every single major manufacturer hires a coach who can break down form and everything like that. Let's say like a pitching coach for disc golf in a sense. So that player goes out to, I'm just going to say Discraft because they're in Michigan. Let's say Discraft hires a coach. And for a month, a player goes out and works with this backhand coach, forehand coach, putting coach, whatever. Like, do you think that's, Imagine where, it, that. do you think that's where it starts? You know what I mean? Like, sure. Cause I, I, if someone like I would hire overthrow, like we're, we're in talks with it. Like I'm going to do like stuff camp, with overthrow. Like training. Exactly. Kind of exactly. I can teach a lesson because exactly. I can, exactly. I can see what other people are doing wrong. And you I don't always tell to convince people, me. I will like, always tell people right off the bat, do not ask me how to throw 500 feet. But I can tell you, I wrong. can tell you <laughs> what I think form wise, what you need to do, because I've watched so many great yeah. players do their form. I can break down another player's form. It's just hard to allow my body to break down its own form in a sense. But like I can go out, teach a lesson and every single lesson that I've taught, I've watched the players improve mid lesson. And every single one of those players have hit me up with the message weeks on saying like just averaged 20 or 30 points above my rating, dude. Loved it. Threw a lot more standstills did so much better. And that's just, and we're talking about like whether it was an amateur player or a pro player, like I've worked with a decent amount, but I'm not a legitimate, like I wouldn't go to a top 50 player in the world and go teach them how to play. But, I think, I think you there's could work to get there. Exactly. But there, <laughs> there are, there are players in the sport who, and, and this is, this is what's funny to me is that every single player out there, your body is built a certain way to where you should try to emulate a player's form who is on that top caliber in the sense of like, Paul is so good because he has great form. Eagle throws so far because he's a great, powerful form. He's got a phenomenal reach back and explosiveness. And players should try to emulate what these pros are doing because you look at it like, or like, I'm going to take basketball, for instance, because that was a sport that I loved playing, where like I would try to model my shot, how I thought I was shooting the ball after a great shooter, like players coming up and trying to shoot like Steph Curry or. Ray Allen or any any of these big time shooters in the NBA, Reggie Miller, players like that, you try to emulate their form because obviously they are doing something right. And if you were to mimic what they're doing, you'll probably do something right. Now, I think there are pro players in the scene who don't have the best form and you shouldn't emulate them. They've made it work. But I think that's why a lot of pro players right now are capped out at where they're at because of their form. So... I just feel like it's missing from our sport. And this was another one of those shower thoughts the other day where I was <laughs> like golf PGA Tiger Woods. Any of those players had swing coaches. Yeah. Uh, NBA NFL NHL. Everyone has coaches. And then you see the Super Bowl for the NFL. You see coaches younger than me coaching full blown franchises mm -hmm. of like it's quarterback like coaches, defensive coaches, lineman coaches, coach linebacker coaches. Under the sun. Yeah. And disc golf for some reason doesn't. And my my almost 12-year-old now is like, I, I don't need a coach. Like, nobody has coaches. Like, I can just teach myself. I'm doing mm -hmm. fine, Dad. And I go, and I know Tom Brady's, you know, supposedly retired now. But, like, 
I say I always went, Tom Brady has a coach. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. it, a coach is an advantage that is not getting taken. Yeah. I don't know it's because it's not available. Any, Tom Brady as a quarterback is better than any other quarterback coach in the absolute world. But when still, it comes to throwing the ball and doing what he needs to do on the field, but those players look at it, or excuse me, those coaches look at it from an outside view and say, hey, man, you are doing this. Why don't you try doing this? And then Tom Brady is the one who can actively fix that in himself and say whether that clicks or not in a sense. And so that's what happens. And that's why, I, you know, I'll go back to in 2019 when I was working with Greg O'Coin, personal trainer out in this area, I felt physically more fit when I had a coach. I was throwing further than I ever. I threw further in 2019 than I do in 2022. Like that's where it's like, okay, why am I regressing in distance? Accuracy wise, I'm a lot better. Putting wise, I'm a lot better. Forehanding, I'm a lot better. But backhand, when it comes to straight up power of backhand, I'm not throwing as far as I was in 2019. So then it's like, okay. I, and I was just talking about, I was just talking with Greg about this on Saturday when I saw him down at the Cape. And it was like, I really, really need to get back into that, of that like coaching style. Because for me, I'm not the most naturally talented person in the world. But it doesn't matter. No, 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 no. But I'm saying, but this is anybody. I'm saying, but I'm saying, like, yeah, for you, you're saying it would be it would beneficial for yeah. anyone, for anyone, for including anyone you, to have a coach, especially including me, <laughs> especially yeah. including me. I would just say that it would be baller. Would it not be baller? Yeah. It would be like this big power move. Mm -hmm. Paul Macbeth comes in to an event. And he's like, oh, that's my uh, throw coach. Mm -hmm. I legit would lose my mind. I'd be like, that is amazing. Like, yeah. that's how the sport should be. Mm -hmm. Even the best in the world. Ricky, same thing. Like, oh, that's my, because they're starting to get tour managers. Yeah. Like, let's get, let's get throw coaches. And people, like, that's people, my putting people coach. People have had mental coaches in the past. Like, I'm yeah. pretty sure, uh, was it 2017 or 20? It might've been 2018 when I went to Worlds up in Vermont. I'm pretty sure Simon flew in someone from Germany who was kind of like a mental coach for him. Oh, I think it was a friend, yes. but it was also someone who like really is therapeutic when it comes to the yeah, mental yeah. serenity sure. type stuff in life. And that was something that I want to say it was 2018. Could have been 2019. I don't remember, but I'm pretty sure. You're, no, it was for Maple Hill open one year. Yeah, it was Maple Hill because I played a practice round with them. Just and they fun. said, say, who shraba. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Anger <laughs> management wise. But yeah but like so. I, I just i will wrap it up but people have said you know you think you're doing one thing thanks to ryan in the chat but completely doing another mm -hmm. that can also be the case mm -hmm. and even for someone like paul they'll ask him in a presser before an event hey like this was last year hey your putting seems to be off like what's the big deal and he's like oh, i'm kind of lacking the confidence da, 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 da. that's paul's evaluation of it and he's the player i get it mm -hmm. but that's like me saying oh i think i'm gripping it wrong and so and People are going to be like, how are you comparing you to him? But like, my point is you think one thing, but what if someone, let's say who knows disc golf looks at Paul and goes, I don't think it's a confidence thing. Like, I think, I think you, you're doing that little weird thing that like you never used to do. Like mm -hmm. that's a little hitch or whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. The same thing Paul does for you. I'm saying if every player had that, yeah. I think it would be just awesome for the sport. Uh, I'll be glad to volunteer that to, for Paul Macbeth. He can pay me a minimal salary, but we'll take his game to the next level. Yeah. If you hear me, Hannah, throw, throw the message, Paul. So. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to text Paul, but like, don't, 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 don't take up. <laughs> don't take it up. I can just, I don't even yeah. have to say anything. I can just wear sunglasses and stand there and nod and like that kind of like thing. That, that was good. And I'm so, his throw coach. So, uh, <laughs> my, um, my aunt works in the dressage world. And uh, it was very actually high up when it comes to horse training, equestrian wise for dressage. And if you guys don't know where dressage is, it's a very ritzy sport for horse dancing. 
in a sense of like making your how your horse kind of like trot up and down to music and it's actually funny because <laughs> i went to a lot of dressage contests when i was living down in florida years and years ago and i would go and watch my aunt compete and she was really good like she's got first place trophies she's won massive events for dressage and she's very popular in that world but they had hired to come down to the farm in florida the like the number one guy his name was conrad schumacher and he's this OG German guy teaches dressage and he could just like whisper to the horse and the horse would do something. It was kind of insane. But um, so, so my uncle Matt, who him and I, he's you know, it sounds he, like a good guy. Him and Matt. I are so close. Yeah. yeah. Uncle Matt and I, and so you know, it's funny because comrades coming to the farm, and so we all have to be kind of like a little bit extra presentable of like, you know, yes sir, no sir kind of thing. And uh, but he'd always say, like, wait till he's out in the arena, you know, training a horse. He would always tell the horse to be like, good. Good. and just like a german accent it was the funniest thing because right right when he got there and i saw him training a horse he was just like oh so good good and he's just like literally just moving the horse around but like he would we need a sound bite of that oh, too, yeah. ben. he would literally just like you know he'd, he'd have the horse with a rope you know and he would just move it ever so slightly and the horse would now do something different and that's just like oh dude it's insane it's insane so it's, we'll you know, say that coaching's Nick. insane when we yeah. see you on tour and you're not able to make a show. Yeah. Good. Yeah. If, I, if you ever see me on video and I make a puff from like 25 feet, just, you know, in your 25. head, just go. Good. I'll send you a text yeah. and I'll try to do emphasis on the good. So you know what, what yeah. it means. Yeah. yeah. Just well, like good with like eight O's or something like that. <laughs> like eight O's and like a couple yeah. like bold ones. And then yeah. a couple. Okay. Yeah. We, we got off topic, but realistically guys, we, I feel like. We're tooting our own horn. We did pretty good for uh, the fact of having 45 minutes of our show have yeah. to drop out before the show. If you liked it, like it. If you didn't subscribe yet, do it. You'll be up on our screen next week. It says latest subscriber. Uh, <laughs> that's next UC impersonation or impression. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of close to it. That's a whole other topic. I've been in like Simon sitting with Simon in his car when Simon got a call from UC and then like, He's FaceTiming, and then, like, Yussi's like, let me see him. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and he, like, turns his phone towards me, and I'm like, yeah. hey, Yussi. Yeah. He's like, hey, thanks. I can't even do it. Thank you very much for, for videoing filming, si yeah. filming, filming yeah. Simon. And I'm like, dude, you're like the yeah. Terminator, and it's really crazy. Yeah. And I've Simon's him, like, that's I've just him, how he is. Yeah, I've met him a couple times in person. Super, super nice guy, but just very, like, <laughs> deep voice. And it's kind of, I, I love watching his commercials. I, I could listen to UC talk all day. Oh, you know, be, man. Be he is the man. Yeah. I hope he He's comes awesome. over someday yeah, to, exactly. like, Maple Hill. All yeah, right. same. All right, we got here. We made it. We made it, Nick. We did. It's uh, it's the regular ending time for us, but we're a little bit early for the recorded podcast. I guess so. we should kind of note this. Potentially for next week, we should, this will be March no, no, it's February, February 30th. What day is today? It would be February 27th. Oh, yeah, so February, February 27th. Could be the live next show. Next Sunday. It's, we're going to potentially do either a pre recorded show or a live show. Matt is traveling from the 28th through the 4th, but we'll be back live in action on Monday nights starting back on the 7th. Yeah. So the 27th, be on the lookout for either a live show Sunday night to talk about the event. To talk about the event. And Which then we'll, be pretty cool. we're going to try to get Dylan on for that day. Mm -hmm. And so we'll be able to talk with Dylan. We'll see, you know. If he was picking people for LBC, yeah, he's and yada, a disc golf fan. Yeah, exactly. We're gonna see what he, yeah, how much money he put down. Exactly. In Vegas. So, anyways, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, dude, 
I don't know, disc golf betting. All right, we'll talk yeah, about that. We'll, get, we'll get into it eventually. But anyways, thank you everybody for tuning in live tonight. We really appreciate it. Sorry about the lack of guests tonight, but we hope you all enjoyed the show. Uh, I want to give a huge shout out to Ben and Matt running the show here in Massachusetts. It's awesome. To oh, finally this is come all, back. Ben, yeah. pull yourself up. We're going to get to the close out here. Ben Ben runs yeah. the show now. I just tell him what to do. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, exactly. He's run, we're getting him there. We're getting him there. It's so. always super great to come back to Massachusetts and actually have great camera quality and hopefully sound quality. And I can actually hear myself with my headphones, which is... Not gonna lie, pretty amazing. So, anyways, thank you everybody for tuning in tonight. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and comment on this. Appreciate the live chat going off tonight. If you're listening to this post audio, check it out on all your favorite podcast pl- platforms. Tell someone you love them this week. Catch you in the next one. Hope you guys enjoyed the live interaction of Statter Fiction. Please go over and check out dgmaxwax.com, capitaldisc.com. Let them know you came from us. Thanks, Ben. You're awesome. Nick, you're awesome. Peace out, everybody. Peace. The Nick and Matt Show, a disc golf podcast designed for you, the disc golfer. Find The Nick and Matt Show on your favorite podcast platforms or join the conversation live on YouTube.